0: Really lived most of it. Hi, folks. Shannon here. Welcome to another bonus episode of our Little Women podcast. Thanks for bearing with us with uh, not having an episode, a bonus episode last week. I should say, uh, there's no point in me trying to compete with Halloween, so I just didn't try. The quote that opened our episode today that you heard in our beautiful piano intro was actually a quote from Louisa May Alcott herself talking about little women and little women is semi-autobiographical to her life so as we go forward with these bonus episodes i have a lot of really fun different interesting topics planned for everyone and i thought that it might be useful just to start out with a quick primer as to who the alcotts are uh, what the basic breakdown of Louisa's family was. So usually I'll have a guest, but this time it's just me. And I'm just going to give you a quick intro to Louisa's early family life. I'll try not to belabor all the comparisons to Little Women because there are so many. And I don't think you guys will need much help from me in figuring them out because they're pretty obvious ones. But um, as we go through, I'll start to point them out. You guys will notice some for yourselves, and I'm really, really excited for all the different topics and guests that we have in store, and I hope that this will make uh, listening to those episodes all the more enjoyable. So, let's dive right in. Louise May Alcott was born in 1832 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, here we've actually got a little bit of a difference from Joe because... Uh, Louisa was more in her thirties during the Civil War, not a very young woman like Joe and her sisters in the book. But there there are quite a few similarities. Her mom, Abba Alcott, was a social worker, and her dad was not a pastor, but he was a teacher. Uh, you actually may have heard of him. His name is Bronson Alcott and he was a progressive educator who sort of started creating some of the things that I think we would consider the basis of our modern school system, which is really interesting that this one family had so many interesting thinkers in it. Abba Alcott was fiercely feminist and an abolitionist, uh, and Bronson, you know, was this guy kind of trying to re-envision what school could even be. So I have a lot of respect for him on that front. When he did things like lectures and classes women were allowed to be there, which was very, very unusual for the time. I mean, in some places, it would take another hundred years for women to get invited into these rooms. And he was a vegetarian and eventually a vegan because he had a lot of principles about being against animal cruelty. So I know someone in our cast, actually a few people in our cast, are very passionate about that and can relate to that. And I think that's something we can all respect like a lot of people you kind of have to take the good with some bad because he was such a perfectionist that could lead to him being a very careless uh, selfish husband who wasn't really looking out for his family because he was more interested in the things he was pursuing and not uh whether or not they had food to eat and a place to live. And he could be a really harsh, strict dad, especially with Louisa more so than with her sisters. Like Joe, she's the second oldest of four sisters. There was something about her personality and her dad's personality. They just did not get along. And her dad would sometimes write her these letters, which I'm not going to quote here because I'm trying to keep some positivity in these bonus episodes, but he could be very, very critical of her. And, you know, she loved him. He was her dad. So she took it really seriously. But she also talked with her mom, who was just this incredibly intelligent woman who. I think was really really independent for the time period and the family background that she came from because she grew up wealthy and then after she married Bronson she was definitely definitely not wealthy and from her Louisa started absorbing the idea that women were not being treated right women I mean they certainly weren't being treated equally But this was a time when they were not even struggling to get equal rights. They were just struggling to get some rights. And uh, I think Louisa definitely began to recognize that at an earlier age than a lot of women did for the time. And, you know, some of us probably don't even now, myself included. Louisa's older sister, Anna, was just naturally sort of a quiet docile more obedient person and she got along really well with both her parents and never really seemed to rile up Bronson the way Louisa could so she didn't really get into trouble at home the same way and I know what you're thinking and yes she's absolutely Meg the Meg of this story and Louisa was just it was just her nature actually I think She was kind of a lot like her dad. Maybe that was the reason they were always uh, at each other's throats because she was just naturally a very outspoken and inquisitive little girl who wanted to know why things were the way they were and how everything worked and had a lot of opinions and was writing down those opinions. Even from a very early age, she was keeping journals and writing letters many of which you can still read today, and it's just amazing, you know, everything that was going on in her head that she was able to express. Three years after Louisa, along came Elizabeth, aka Lizzie. Aren't you surprised I didn't say Beth? Well, I mean, come on. We all know she's Beth, but she went by Lizzie in the Alcott family. And then eight years younger than Louisa, we have Abigail, who was named after their mom, but she eventually came to be known as May, which is funnily enough, you rearrange the letters to get Amy, and of course, she's Amy. She was a perfectionist. She was incredibly charismatic. She and Louisa were close, but if they ever didn't get along, it was because May was so good at getting what she wanted from people, which was not a skill that Louisa had at all. And May was incredibly artistic. I mean, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but she actually illustrated the first editions of Little Women, which we will dig into and when we get into some episodes about the sisters' adult life. And I think it's totally fascinating. I can't say I'm in love with her art style for the little women illustrations themselves because they sort of all look like haunted dolls. But some of her other art is very beautiful. So maybe she was just having an off couple of weeks. I really don't know. The sisters grew up poor, just like the March sisters. You could probably guess that. I think a lot of the stuff in the books about homemade plays and stories is definitely coming from a place of truth. How well off the family was kind of fluctuated depending on a number of factors. You know, the school system wasn't really the same then as it is now. So her dad would have these schools and students would kind of come and go. So as the students fluctuated, the amount of tuition being paid would vary wildly, and that would mean that the family's fortunes could vary wildly. What were Bronson's school ideas that made his school so radical that makes him still remembered today, that makes him the namesake for the high school and clueless? Well, at the time, education was a lot about drilling, like repeating the same things over and over rote memorization copying things sort of thing you know bart simpson on the chalkboard writing the same line over and over again and bronson's philosophies moved away from that he wanted his students to learn by writing about their personal experiences and their feelings he brought in things to his classes 3d like sculptures and things and other visual elements pieces of art to engage his students, and to help them really visualize what he was talking about. And most famously, he admitted an African-American student. This is a time when slavery is still going on in much of the country. So of course, this was considered an incredibly radical act at the time. People protested, and students were getting pulled out of the school. And Bronson, to his credit, uh, stuck to his guns and would not expel the student. And yeah, I really respect him for that. He wasn't always the best dad, but when it came to being a teacher, he definitely had some amazing ideas and he stuck by his principles. So that's great. I, I really think he we said so much in common. It's a shame they couldn't get along better when she was young. Bronson also famously attempted a utopian farm society called Fruitlands. Fruitlands? Oh no. Is my is my midwestern accent mangling this? Ah. Anyway, Fruitlands in Harvard, Massachusetts. He started it with a friend and they called it Fruitlands because they were hoping it would bear fruit. There were a bunch of apple trees. But unfortunately, the land they planned to farm was also very arid, which means stuff was not going to grow there. What they wanted to do was have a commune that was, what that means is like it would be a big group of people, everyone working together, no economy amongst themselves, but also no ties to the local economy either. They wanted to be independent, live off what they could grow, and it was vegetarian, not even vegetarian. I'm not going far enough. It was vegan. It was vegan, and they would also not use animals for any kind of labor. So things like plowing the fields, tilling the earth, they initially refused to also use animals for that. But Bronson took it even further, because you have to remember he also had a lot of religious beliefs, so he also wouldn't let them eat any kind of vegetable that grew down into the earth like a potato. They could only eat plants that grew upward toward heaven, toward God. So it was a very difficult life from the start. It probably won't surprise you to hear that it only lasted about seven months because everyone almost starved. And in those seven months, including all of the Alcotts, so that's Mom, dad, four girls. Only 13 people joined, ever. I read some stories that the only woman who joined besides the Alcott family was kicked out for eating a fishtail when they were like on the brink of starvation. So obviously it was a pretty dire situation. We've all read a lot of dystopian young adult teen novels. I'm sure we can all relate. It never took off. Bronson was incredibly depressed. He fell into basically a catatonic state after his friend left. He wouldn't eat or do anything but just lay there. It really reached the point where it was so dire that Abba threatened to take the girls and leave without him. But luckily, the family was able to stay together. And I say luckily... A lot for Bronson's sake, because I don't know how he would have done on his own. And that's me being kind. (laughs) The family moved back to Concord, Massachusetts, when Louisa was 12. And they lived in a home called The Hillside. And I know what you're thinking. Didn't I hear you jawing about Orchard House? That's not Orchard House. I know, I know. We'll get to Orchard House. We'll get to Orchard House all in due time. This is only the second bonus episode, so you have to be a little patient with me. Especially (laughs) because I'm just here by myself, desperately trying to keep the ball rolling. Even my cat ran away, so have a little pity on me. They moved back to Concord, into this beautiful house called Hillside, and they had a constant stream of interesting visitors thinkers, scholars, fellow educators, other people involved in social work, and fugitive slaves, because they were also secretly a stop on the Underground Railroad, and they would hide people uh, there as they were on their passage to freedom. So that's pretty amazing, and I really wish when we talked about Little Women and Louisa May Alcott, there was a little more awareness of that because it is just so interesting. How many other American authors were this actively involved in abolition and the anti-slavery movement? I think for the time period, it's really striking. So I wanted to highlight that and we'll get more into that on a future episode when we can have a chance to just sit down and talk, hopefully, with someone who knows a lot more than me uh, about abolition. So despite all of this, Abba Luisa's mom was pretty unhappy. She found Concord society to be a little bit snobby and cold and not really of the intellectual rigor she was used to, I suppose. I don't fully understand this complaint, it honestly sounds like a really interesting time for the family, but maybe she felt shut out of the high-class society that she had grown up in, like whatever version of that was present in Concord. Louisa was very happy. She would later write that the time they lived at Hillside, which unfortunately I think was only about three years, but she said those were some of the happiest times of her life, and a lot of the playful incidents of the early parts of Little Women where the sisters are all together come from the the hillside years and I encourage you to do a quick google image search of the hillside house because it is really beautiful and just like it's kind of fun to imagine the marches at orchard house which I think the 1994 movie basically looks like Orchard House. Um, It's also really fun to look at these pictures and imagine them all there. It's a beautiful little dollhouse of a house. So these were just slightly better times for the family. They had some family money from Abba's side that was helping things out. Bronson was still stewing in his disappointment over Fruitlands, but Louisa was, at 12 years old, Really having the chance to focus on growing, uh, like as a creative spirit, instead of just focus on whether or not she was going to have food in her belly that night for the first time in a long time. So, I can only imagine how that felt for her. And that's where we'll leave her tonight on this positive note. The family's all together in this beautiful home. Some very little womanish incidents are happening. That's about it. Thanks for listening to me chatter away. Like I said, even my cat could not put up with it. So if you've listened this far, I really appreciate it. And I hope you learned something or heard a little fact that you thought was interesting. Uh, Next week, I'll be back with another bonus episode with a guest to be announced And we're just going to keep trucking with those regular fiction episodes, too. I hope you've been enjoying them as much as I've been enjoying listening to the other actors and how it's all come together. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. It really helps other people find the show. Thanks so much. Bye!